I V M. On this episode of Paisa Paisa, it's the myth busting special. We are going to talk about five myths pertaining to investments. What is a myth? What is the reality? And how you can correct your investment decisions? My guest to take you through all of these myths is Avinash Dutriya, a SEBI registered investment advisor. This is a really special episode of Paisa Paisa coming up next. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta B50 on Twitter and boss this is the myth busting special you know i've done 200 episodes of this podcast some you know and sometimes i feel what kind of advice are we giving to people is it good is it bad and i think on at the margin i think we are doing a good job i think you know but still there are still a lot of myths that are going around today about how we should deal with our money okay i mean maybe if you've got friends and family and they tell you a couple of things do this do that eh, some of it is good advice some of it is bad advice but there are some myths okay myths which are totally and completely wrong and we are going to bust a few of them today to do that my guest avinash luthria is a sebi registered investment advisor okay and one of the first 10 fee only advice only financial planners in india he's going to explain to us his background what does fee only advice only means and if his name sounds familiar he's written a couple of very provocative columns on the ken Okay, which really make you think because some of the stuff that he's written is contrary to a lot of the advice that you maybe keep on hearing or reading around, right? So, Avinash, welcome to Paisa Paisa. Thanks so much for doing this for us. And before we get into the entire myths and realities concept, I want you to tell our listeners something about yourself because you've got a totally fascinating background. You started your career with private equity, and here you are. You know, you're a financial advisor, and I believe among the first in India to have that certification from SEBI. So. Welcome to Paisa Paisa. Let's just start with an introduction to yourself. Thanks, Anupam, and thanks for having me on the show. A bit about myself. Uh, I was an early student of finance from a young age. Uh, realized that I need to get some formal education, so I went to do an MBA in Bangalore. During that MBA, I was also an entrepreneur on the side. So six days a week, I was a student, and one day a week, I was a, an entrepreneur at a startup that I co-founded with a team of lawyers. Which did legal research for U.S. law firms, etc. Sometime after that, I uh, joined a private equity fund. In its early days, I was in the private equity world for about twelve years. And you're making fairly large investments. You're backing entrepreneurs, and you're making fairly large investments of say a hundred crores each investment. And each investment seems like kind of life or death when you're doing it. But in some ways, I realized that the The decisions you make as an individual are even more life or death. You know, a person puts eighty percent of their money in equity. That's even more life or death than you know my hundred crores investment from a thousand crore fund in in one company. So after about twelve years of private equity, I decided this is what I wanted to do. I had an interest in personal finance for a long time, and Nobel Prize winner William Sharp has said that you know the problem of planning for retirement and investing for it is one of the hardest mathematical hardest problems in finance. So I've kind of decided to dedicate the next twenty years to kind of dealing with it, not from the mathematical sense, but dealing with it in the people sense of that problem. Okay, great. So tell us about the financial advisor part, right? You mean you you're a registered investment advisor, which is a SEBI given uh, license, I yeah. believe, and which is fundamentally different from what we know as the IFA, the Independent Financial Advisor, the Mutual Fund Distributor. 
you offer a paid only service that is if i come to you as a client you're going to tell me listen i'm going to you know probably look at all your finances give you a comprehensive plan and i'm going to charge you for that am i right in the services that you offer yes how is this different from you know the very typical advice that an average guy gets right so let me just dissect a bit of those terms so far there's 99% of the market is a commission based advice which has conflicts of interest uh for example some financial products or some mutual funds pay fees which are 10 times more than other mutual funds so naturally it creates a conflict of interest for uh advisor because i would then only sell you the one which gives me high commission correct and that's why you find a lot of people end up getting sold equity mutual funds because they pay higher commission than debt mutual funds so there's a skew in that direction sure the second bit is so sebi came up with a, a classification or a regulation called registered investment advisors rias and all rias are supposed to put the client's interest ahead of their own so there are a fairly large number of rias and uh, long before i started on this the difference is there's a bunch of about 13 established people like myself in india today who charge uh, not the normal approach of a percentage of the client's net worth or assets under management we charge for our time which effectively in india often means a fixed fee because we're giving a fixed amount of time to each client we believe that this reduces the conflict of interest even further mm. uh, because you know if you're charging someone with 10 crores you're charging them even 0.5% 5 lakhs a year you need to spin a story to justify 5 lakhs of fees a year mm. you need to give them some really complex advice and make it sound like i'm going to be the market all of that so we think this approach kind of limits the bs and limits the conflict of interest and there's absurdly only 13 people doing this in india and mm. established people doing this in india okay, and i'm of one of course, them uh, you've written for free finkal patu has been a guest on our show yes so he runs that list actually yeah, uh, yeah. a fairly authoritative list on this for the last 5 years he's been running this list right but only 13 people yeah so guys uh, i was referring to patu who runs freefincal.com the blog and he's been a guest on our show he spoke we had like three massive episodes on financial freedom and my god that got a really good response for us and abhinash is listed on patu site and he's written for patu also and he's written for a whole lot of other uh, publications from business standard to et to mint and even even the ken okay and talking about the ken you've written some pretty provocative articles out there on how the industry is uh, probably geared to sell higher commission products i want to just use that as a starting point to get into our show right so folks we're going to talk about a few i don't know maybe 3 4 5 or how many ever myths that abhinash has got for us on this show surrounding your investment habits now we'll go into a break uh, after we've done probably one two or three uh, myths and then we'll continue on the other side uh, of the break on the same line and we'll wrap up with you know maybe some habits or some tips that avinash can give so let's get into this avinash okay let's start off on a few myths reality and what listeners should do to correct the behavior okay let's start sure the first point of is saving and you get a lot of a whole range of advice on saving you get everything from one end people saying save 50 rupees a day is enough and you have other end people saying okay 20 30% of your post tax salary you just save that and it's enough for your goals including retirement that's not true okay uh, i will have to let me rewind a bit to tell you what uh, why it's not true but let me just first start with a very simple example given the way i think of it mm. and i'll explain that subsequently so let's say you're you're, you're saving 25000 rupees from your salary every month you say you as a couple are saving 25000 rupees every month the way the maths really works it means that during your retirement you will have 25000 rupees in today's purchasing power 2020 purchasing power mm. to survive that's it 
and that's not going to buy you very much sure. if you're going to pay rent from it and you're going to pay whatever you're really not going to be left with very much to survive so you're going to be living a pretty bad retirement the way the math works is uh, something like this that you know you have uh, some of the mistakes in that calculation is people use very high equity return assumptions they take very high assume very high allocations to equity and they assume that most of your portfolio is in equity but the reality is that equity is only one part of your portfolio returns are unlikely to be that great uh, particularly post tax and post inflation when you look at it and as you get older you'll probably move your portfolio more and more towards safe assets so when you look at the whole blend of it what taxes eat up what inflation eats up your investments are just running in pace to keep up with inflation pretty much maybe marginally more if you're lucky mm. so i've written about this on uh, free fund calvair you sh- i've said that you should just assume that you'll get 0% real returns what that means in simple english is your investments on the whole portfolio just runs in place to keep up with inflation sounds very conservative or pessimistic but it's not actually and once you do that math assuming that your investment just keep up with inflation you're actually going to be living off just your savings right, uh, right. your savings are just that purchasing power is what you're going to be living off so if you need so when you slice and dice the numbers you finally find that if you want a decent quality retirement sure. you need to be saving about half of your post tax salary which wow. is pretty painful and it pretty is, tough yeah, it it's tough for all of us yeah. so 50% yes of post tax post tax salary if so, so if my salary is 100 and i'm paying probably say 20 bucks for tax okay assuming there yeah. there probably people higher than that or maybe lower than that so saying out i'm left with 80 yeah i should be saving 40 yes wow painful that is painful but that's a fact if you want yes. a reasonably good life after retirement yeah i think uh, a, lo- a lot of advisors feel that you don't want to scare people by <laughs> telling them something that's almost seems impossible huh. my view is you better know the it's better to know the truth Reality. earlier yeah. rather than later and maybe too late at some point to fix it great so i can, can, so can i take that as a first myth yes. and that's the first tip for our listeners yes guys get used to saving much more than what you are right now if oh of course if you're already saving 50% then good for you i guess yeah actually so I, uh, just my clients some of my clients because they're in it jobs who have you know they don't know they don't have visibility of their jobs beyond say 40 45 huh. and then maths works out to they need to be saving even more than 50 but let me not scare the listeners oh, further great, yeah. thanks uh, for the question <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on a regular recurring basis if you got yeah. visibility of your job yeah. then it's good to just save that slightly higher amount it just makes your life easier after you retire number 2 chalo let's do this sure uh the next myth is people say that equity is safe if you're going to be saving for a 5 or 10 year horizon then equity is relatively safe let me rewind and say what they actually saying so they're saying that you know yes yes we all realize that equity is very volatile very risky um uh, and but you know that's in the short term if you if you look at it over 5 or 10 years pretty much equity the levels out and you you'll do you'll do better you'll do better than any safe investment hmm. that's pretty much what you hear so let me just lay out how scary it is in the short term firstly before we talk about the long term okay so if you rewind to 2008 9 uh the nifty 50 index including dividends uh, was called nifty total return index fell by 59% wow. and that was a large cap yep. index yep. the mid cap index fell by 73% mm. and the small cap index fell by 76% so just think of it if you had a crore in the large cap you're down to 41 lakhs in the others you're down to some 25 odd lakhs it's pretty devastating yep. Yep. but everybody says no no don't worry i mean you know just like 2008 9 it bounced back in 18 months yep. don't worry over the long term it's all fine so this is something that finance professors have debunked repeatedly uh, practitioners keep saying it but finance professors have debunked it repeatedly 
the truth is you know as we speak in india uh um you know starting from 8th of january 2008 mm. the peak of the market then yep uh inflation cumulative inflation has been about 7% we went through one small phase of high inflation yes. right now it's a little lower yes but uh, cumulatively it's been about 7% and since that peak the stock market the nifty 50 index including dividends has done about 6.7% mm. so it's just about catching up with inflation uh, really mm. 12 years later yep. 2008 to now yep. which is a pretty long time so uh the the point being that if it's taken 12 years for it to catch up with inflation there's really no guarantees that equity will beat inflation you know when people say equity is safe they don't really define what they mean by it what it really what they i mean the way to define it is will equity beat inflation over 5 or 10 years there is no guarantee on it and we are actually sitting through a 12 year phase where it hasn't and that's i mean and there have been phases in history in the us where we have longer data and other countries where there have been periods of 15 20 30 40 50 years where equity is not been in inflation right so that's so that just shows that if you're assuming that equities are safe over a 5 or 10 year horizon well data says that you're wrong yes and that actually that people use that argument to then justify young people having 80% in equity etc forget about just the fact that we're not uh robots who can you know not panic in a 2008 9 type crash mm. it's just not true so it's better that people know the reality and when you do the math it's kind of hard to justify more than a 60 70% allocation to equity even for a young person i mean right. uh, it's debatable but it's kind of hard to justify more than that okay so what would be a good uh, guideline a good rule for the listeners you know if someone tells them that equity is safe for 5 to 10 years Ideally, what should be their behavior towards this to correct this myth? What do you think would be the right way? I would say just use a rule of thumb: don't go beyond sixty, seventy percent equity allocation. Uh, there may be a lot of arguments for the very high equity allocation, but just say that you know, it's it's think of it like a coin toss with equity. You know, it's like a coin you're going to mm-hmm. toss. There's a two-third chance it'll beat inflation over any period of time, five, ten, twenty years, mm-hmm. and a one-third chance it won't beat inflation. This is the coin toss they're facing. So you accept that it's a coin toss. and or whatever period of time mm. and just accept that uh, i can't put all my money in that coin toss let me have some of it which is uh, outside of this coin toss outside of equity and probably into debt or any other asset yes. where you know that you have a higher chance of a lower return than a higher chance of a volatile return yeah okay folks we're going to take a small break on that just to recap this first part of the episode in the first myth that avinash told us about was the percentage of savings that you have to do a lot of people probably go with 20 25 30% well if you want to have a slightly more comfortable retirement you should be looking at 50% of post tax salary okay so just keep that number in your mind and the second myth that we spoke about was equity returns someone told you that equity is safe over 5 10 years well guess what history doesn't support that argument because as avinash said over the last 10 years inflation has been about 7% and and the nifty total return index over the last 10 years has given 10%. So it's just kind of catching up on that. On the other side of this break, we're going to be back. We're going to talk about a few more myths, the realities and how to correct them. Don't go anywhere. We would like to thank HDFC Life Insurance for supporting this show. HDFC Life Insurance has created an online video series called Behind the Journey with some of the most interesting people from the creative and entertainment industry. It explores the stories that are behind the glitz and glamour of the spotlight and screaming fans. Let's listen to a snippet from the episode featuring comedian Zakir Khan. It's not like कि मैंने आज आज यहाँ पे ये पैसे invest करें तो इसमें तो इतना return आया नहीं अब मुझे नहीं करना. As artist होना जो है वो long term game है. 
वो शॉर्ट टर्म गेम नहीं है आपको उसको कंसिस्टेंटली अप्रोच करना पड़ेगा डे बाय डे एंड फॉर इयर्स लॉन्ग टर्म कंसिस्टेंसी इज एसेंशियल एज इट हेल्प्स एन आर्टिस्ट ग्रो एंड कंसिस्टेंट एफर्ट हेल्प्स ग्रोथ इन योर फाइनेंसेस And welcome back to this special episode, the myth-busting special with Abhinash Luthria, a SEBI-registered investment advisor. In the first part, we spoke about how much you need to save, what people tell you, and what the reality is. And we spoke about equity returns, what people tell you, and what the reality is. Abhinash, let's do some more myths, okay? Let's start off with the next myth, the reality, and how we can change our behavior so that we don't fall for the myth. So the next myth is about commissions on all financial products, but let's be specific about, say, mutual funds. and the myth really is that if you pay 1% of commissions a year it really doesn't matter because your returns are so much higher 13 14 15% you're getting advice for it so 1% doesn't really matter in the scheme of 14 15% and just to clarify commission means when you're paying a agent or a distributor or a, or an IFA for buying a mutual fund or investing through him right right so people okay. firstly don't realize that they're paying a commission uh, it gets deducted from the net asset value of your mutual fund so you don't really pay it a regular plan Yes, regular plan of mutual sure. fund, and the common myth for uh, many people is they think they're paying. There's probably a, a one-time commission that the person's getting. Actually, it's something like I'm mean, like it's something like one percent getting deducted every year from your money. That's how. Uh, and but the the myth really is that yeah, one percent doesn't really matter. It's one percent. Big deal. Yeah. 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 I mean, if I'm doing hundred rupees, one rupee goes to the guy. He's yeah. probably doing something for me. So right. let him do. Yeah. What's the reality? The reality is that the one percent. we see it on a per year basis especially if you look at this concept of zero real returns it kind of focuses your mind that you know your money is not growing at all really on a blended basis if you lose 1% the first year you're down to 900 is down to 99 you lose another 1% the second year you're down to 98 you lose another 1% you're down to 97 you do this over the next 30 years you've lost 30% of your money every year it seems very little but when you do it over 30 years you've lost 30% of your money so you know you live your retirement with 30% less money it's a huge amount of money when you look at it over those little drops of water adding up over 20 30 years so like if if you develop a corpus of if i'm doing a direct plan and you're doing a regular plan you're saying that i'm going to reach 1 crore you'd probably be at 70 lakhs yes in terms of purchasing power yes would correct. that be yes. a right comparison yes. so how do we correct this behavior so sebi luckily has offered direct plans which are plans without commissions to all of us so you don't need any kind of advisor you just you can go and buy them yourself we'll talk about some of the products later and they're so simple you don't really need an advisor at all for just buying these products it's 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 a pretty terrific innovation of sebi's that saying that you know you don't have to go to anyone it's your money you keep it you want to spend it with give it to someone for advice give it and sebi's actually allowed that so every single mutual fund in india has a direct plan which allows you to save on this commission of say 1% or a little less than that every year and uh, you need to look for the word direct plan if it doesn't say anything it's if it says regular plan it's a regular plan it means a commission plan the words are very confusing regular plan is actually commission plan mm. uh and if it doesn't say anything it's also still a commission plan so you need to look for that word direct plan the only exception is etfs uh, exchange traded funds are automatically direct plan so but otherwise for most normal people look for the word direct plan Yeah, so that's like saying that if I see a mutual fund which says uh, X Y Z mutual fund super duper fantastic regular scheme, say okay that is a regular scheme means I'm paying commission, and if the same scheme okay without the word regular but with the word direct means that's what I should go for. And if it doesn't say anything, huh. it's actually a commission scheme. Okay, folks, look out for that. Okay, regular versus direct. What's next? What you hear in 
everywhere is that the average mutual fund mm. the average active mutual fund really and let's say equity for the timing the average equity mutual fund beats the index and that's why you go to a fund manager because he can make you richer by beating the index yeah so that's what we all hear in the papers and we've been hearing that forever and that's what you still hear even today as <laughs> you'd expect the reality is different okay uh and now you're getting to hear a bit of you know in the press saying okay in large caps it's getting harder for the mutual fund managers to beat the index and it's recently a problem where the uh, mutual fund managers are finding it difficult to beat the large cap index but don't worry there's we'll come to that there we'll come to that but there's mid caps where they can beat the index and maybe there are few fund managers you got to find the right fund managers yeah. who will beat the index yeah. i mean yeah maybe uh, so a lot of that so let's take each of these uh, through sure firstly standard and poors uh, puts out a report every 6 months all over the world and they do one in india they've been doing this for about 10 years now and the report for the last 10 years has been saying that the average equity mutual fund manager at least in large caps and pretty much everywhere doesn't beat the index strangely that's not what you hear in the news so that's point number 1 the second is the statement that okay yeah but the mid caps uh, fund managers can beat the index Correct. or mid yeah. cap small cap there the report which is called the snp indices versus active funds india reports piva is a little more ambiguous but ambiguity doesn't mean proof that the manager is able to beat the index it's sure. basically there's enough noise in the data there aren't enough funds to look at uh the data and the reason why you know this analysis in general is so different from what you'll find as uh, you could say other amateur analysis is that the worst performing mutual funds get merged into the better performing mutual funds mm. and they disappear from a database that you go to check you go to check value research or morningstar you won't find their data sure. so you as a individual or anyone doing analysis looks at the surviving mutual funds which Correct. are by and large have done better and that's something called survivorship bias and yeah. this report is the only one that corrects for it so when it corrects for it it finds that the data is ambiguous on mid caps and small caps uh, don't know but large caps it's pretty clear that average fund is matching the index it's not after fees is matching the index it's sure. not beating the index but that's that's where it is okay the last bit people will counter it with saying that why don't you go find better managers mutual fund managers and they will beat the index the tough part standard and poors did this research too and they looked at you know if you look at the last 5 years data that's not enough to help you figure out who's going to beat the market which manager is going to beat the market in the next 5 years so data can't tell you so what's going to tell you the answer <laughs> you'll have to do something some magic to figure that out so dart no one can do yeah, that no, magic yeah, really yeah, yeah, no, it's just a so coin toss as so you said so what so the so the actually that makes your life easy hmm. paradoxically all that you need to do i mean if if you subscribe to this view and you read the report and i've written some articles explaining this report table by table once you subscribe to this view actually you you might feel defeated that oh i mean i can't beat the market i'm going to have to save more but you could also just accept that and just say it makes your life very simple in terms of fund selection and i was saying you don't need an advisor that's hmm. the reason you just buy the nifty 50 index fund end of story Okay. That's all that okay. you need, and uh, most of them are similar. You just look at the lowest fees. If they charge you point one percent, great. That's the one you want to buy. Sure. And that's the end of story. Fantastic. So, so stick to ETFs or in, in index funds. Yes, stick to the Nifty Fifty index fund. Don't go with any other index funds. These are the cheapest ones because this is the the dominant product that even the EPFO, the Employee Provident Fund Organization, invests in. Puts so their money in. Yeah. That, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so that's as safe as it can get. At least that's the cheapest product that, that cheapest, you can get. Sorry, yes. not so safe, but cheapest product. It's simple, yeah. cheap. You don't need an advisor to do it. And what do you see is what you get. Yes. Nifty goes up. You can see it every day. Nifty yes. goes up. You can see it every day. Okay, Avinash. So we've got time for uh, maybe one or two more. So tell us what do you have for us? Sure. 
we spoke about equity just now let's look at one on the debt side so on the debt side debt mutual fund side the standard view is that you need to find debt mutual funds which give you good returns uh, and how can you get good returns on debt mutual funds which category do you need to pick do you need to pick credit risk funds do you need to pick uh, guilt funds i mean all do you need to pick uh, ultra short uh, ultra short liquid, liquid psu and banking yeah exactly corporate bond yeah. fund there's yeah. in, there's an infinite number of them really the myth here is that actually okay firstly let's start who needs a, a debt mutual fund firstly what is a debt mutual fund mm. a debt mutual fund is uh when you get to the nitty gritty of it it's actually just a way to get a more tax efficient product for someone in a high tax bracket so if your tax bracket is below 20% you don't really need a debt mutual fund if you're 20% you may or may not be benefited by a debt mutual fund compared to a fixed deposit if you're a 30 plus 30 or more uh, higher tax bracket on your income then a debt mutual fund might help you if you can stay invested for about 3 plus years it will help you maybe make about 0.5 0.6% more than a fixed deposit a little bit but a little bit is worth it because mm-hmm. as you know you know it adds up every year yep. so that's firstly a debt mutual fund is just a more tax efficient mechanism uh, to keep your money safe that's how you should be looking at it so there's actually a a, a finance theorem called the, the separation theorem which says you know just keep your safe money safe and keep your risky money risky don't mix them up so going by that theorem all you need to do is you've already figured out the equity bit which is a nifty 50 index fund you just need something as safe as a fixed deposit mm. and the category that does that is two things one is pretty much a, a, a strange category called overnight funds and you have a whole bunch of them they the money that you give them they lend it in the overnight lending market okay this category is used by institutions etc so the fees are very low on this again 0.1% fees on this on most of almost all of these products sure so you can just buy any of them in the direct plan fees of 0.1% per annum there are few liquid funds by a few others which offer the zero risk appro- approach uh, so few of them are the first such product was quantum mutual fund the second was uh, from parag parik mutual fund ppfas yeah. and the third is from motilal okay uh, so actually you can go look at the portfolio you see they only hold hold government treasury bills okay it's pe- easy for people to understand the portfolio people find it un- more difficult to understand overnight fund and what it's doing sure. but essentially they're both pretty much the same uh, you'll just probably just just about beat the fixed deposit by 0.5% post tax but that's what you should be happy with if you're unhappy with it decide can you put more in equity or not and you'll find pretty much that you can't so don't uh, i mean just live with it okay avinash so we've come to the end of the show in terms of the myth okay you can think of this as a rapid fire thing or whatever uh but you're not coffee with karan Look at this in this way. I'm going to tell you the myth. Okay, we're just going to recap the entire show in a short form for our listeners. I'm going to tell you the myth, and you're going to tell me the correct behavior. Okay, here we go. Myth number one: savings just need to be twenty thirty percent. What's the right way to correct this? Save fifty percent of your post-tax salary. Myth number two: equity returns are actually pretty safe over a five ten year period. What's the reality? They're not. So don't put more than sixty seventy percent of your net worth in equity. Myth number three: Hey, a regular fund, just one percent more. How does it matter? What's the reality? Only invest in direct plans or mutual funds. Look for the word direct plan. And the difference it makes is thirty. Thirty percent of your net worth at stake. Myth number four: The average active mutual fund actually beats the index, whereas the reality is it doesn't. So it actually simplifies your life. Just buy the Nifty Fifty index fund. End of story. And finally. Hey, I'm going to buy a debt fund. I should look for the highest possible return on my debt fund. What's the reality? 
debt funds are just to save your money or protect your money invest in overnight funds end of story fantastic so folks that was the myths that's the reality then that's what you should do in terms of corrective behavior i'm sure all of you are wondering where you can reach out to avinash for little for probably a more detailed discussion on each of these things okay we've just summarized some very generalized myths and some very generalized solutions as avinash would admit that each case of a person is very different so avinash tell us something about yourself in terms of the work that you do uh do you have a blog do you have a twitter account uh where can people read more of your thoughts on these topics and most importantly how can people reach out to you sure so i write in business standard mint uh money control a few other places free fincal uh on patu site as you mentioned and i've covered a lot of these topics in those articles and you can find more details about many of these actually uh so my website's fiduciaries.in it's a bit of a mouthful it's f i d c u f i d u f i d u c i a r i e s.in uh but you could uh, you could say that uh you know i may not be the right person for many of your some people in your audience but patu's list has a list of over 13 people uh on free fin free fincal website and i'm pretty sure that if people went and did their research they'll find somebody who fits uh their style and what they're looking for and and yeah there are good people out there and they should work with them sure and just tell me one thing do you i mean you know okay maybe i'm asking a bias question out there but do you think that good advice is worth paying for i i actually have my clients are fairly mature set of clients and yeah. fairly knowledgeable so actually that's what i specialize in uh so i i and have clients who are fund managers etc cetera, etc cetera, who do see a ad- benefit in such advice so i think the fact that fund managers are finding advi- i mean this advice worth paying for is probably some proof of the pudding you got fund managers client awesome folks so that is a wrap on this show on the myth busting special my guest avinash jutria sebi registered investment advisor who runs or who's part of this wonderful initiative called fiduciaries fiduciary is actually what's the meaning of so the fiduciary? term ah. is in the sebi regulations of an ria which a fiduciary is someone who's supposed to put the client's interest ahead of their own right so it's just i just uh, stole the word from the regulation and using it on the website we have we did five myths five realities and five behaviors that can correct your investment making decisions amina thank you so much for joining us on this show i'm sure you know our listeners where to uh, know where to reach out to you if they have any questions thanks so much for doing this and folks that is a wrap on this show if you think you have any feedback or if you do have any feedback reach out to me i am b50 on twitter send us a comment leave us a comment on the ibm website give us a rating give us some feedback we love that avinash thank you so much for joining us thanks anupam no material on the show should be considered as financial advice the material on the show is for informational purposes only please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision